Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is spending ten minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today, I'm spending ten minutes or so with Philip K. Dick Award, Locus Award nominee, Aurealis and Dittmar Award winner, prolific New York Times bestselling writer, Sean Williams, who joins me from somewhere in the wilds of Adelaide. Hello, Sean. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? I Can am... I just ask you, are you editing this? I will edit a little bit if I need to, yes. I'm not sure that I'm a Locus Award nominee. Yes, you are. Am I? What uh, for? <laughs> you were nominated twice. No once way. in Once in 2003 for The Storm Weaver in the Sand, and once for oh. A Glimpse of the Marvelous Structure, at least you were shortlisty. Yes. Oh, I had no idea. You just need to check out how terrific you are. Well, that was a <laughs> well. I'm going to put that stuff. in all my bios now. I had no idea. Thanks, Jonathan, and That's thanks, okay. Locus. <laughs> so I'm sorry to now require you to edit that out. Oh, no, no, I'm going to leave all that in. Yeah, leave it in. Leave That's it in as a. Perfect. As a... <laughs> yeah, it's the entertaining faux pas. <laughs> Shall I go back to hello, Jonathan? Yeah, hello, hello. How how are you? How how is the great and terrible pause treating you? Well, I feel quite guilty because um, I, I know there are people out there who are sick and out of work and broke and suffering from real emotional, physical, economic stress. Uh, but I work for a university where my job is guaranteed and I'm busier than ever because I'm putting all my courses online. Uh, and I love being inside with my family, <laughs> with my wife, who's also here working from home. Uh, we've had an absolutely brilliant time. Uh, we miss our friends, of course, and we miss being able to be in the same space with people we love. But uh, as you and I are doing right now, you're one of my dearest friends in the world. And here we are chatting face to face on Skype. You know, that it's, it has been no impediment to our friendship. And um, but, you know, I would love to clink a glass with you one day. But I have loved this this great pause. And I've loved the lack of traffic and uh the noise, I, the planes don't go overhead when we're podcasting, you know, things like that. It's, 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 it has its good side is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, the, the pleasant absence of a whole bunch of things. Mm. Though there is that, that element of being, you know, sort of involuntarily shut in. It's interesting mm. to me, so many people I've talked to during this series have said they feel guilty that they're not worse off, which is mm. probably unnecessary. I think it's okay to be okay. <laughs> it's sort of like a, a variant on imposter syndrome, isn't it? Um, possibly. We need a word for it. I don't know what it is. I mean, certainly some of the lovely people I've spoken to, wonderful people I've spoken to, have been genuinely traumatized by the problems that mm. the world is facing right now. And yes, we are insanely privileged. And both of us are in parts of the world that aren't terribly affected by the virus in health terms. So yes. that's a blessing. Let me ask you, though, I mean, it does mess with your head. Have you been able to to read, to work, to create, to do all that kind of thing? Well, I'm finding that I am not writing very much. Uh, partly that's because work is so busy and I'm doing a lot of grading and marking, which requires my writing muscles to be overflexed. I'm writing a lot of music. I'm finding that very, very therapeutic because I write relaxing ambient music and I think 
that's been very good for my brain. I'm not sure that it's good for anybody else, <laughs> particularly <laughs> my wife, who hears various iterations going around and around. Uh, but I am reading a lot, which is uh, wonderful. Reading and watching a lot of TV, I think diving into other narratives has been really helpful for my brain, uh, getting away from the stress and the worry of the news, uh, which seems to be getting worse and worse day to day. Well, actually, to cycle these questions, because normally we ask three questions, we're going to do a little bit out, out of order, perhaps, because the opportunity arises. Do you find that you're turning to comfort kind of things or to challenging things? You know, you talk about, you're just mentioning things which you're, you're watching. We just, I just watched uh, Watchmen, mm, uh, the 2019 nice. Watchmen, which is marvelous, but very disturbing when you watch it right now for the first time. <laughs> yes. so, so without going, what are you kind of turning to in terms of the kind of thing you're looking at? I am looking for familiar comfort food on the whole. That said, we are watching Hannibal for the first time too, which is a deeply comfort disturbing. Food. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a fantastic tale in lots of ways. It's completely unpinned from reality, but it is very disturbing. So, uh mainly comfort food. When I when I think about the books I've been reading just lately, it's uh, it's full of old familiar novels, old familiar kinds of stories. Um Lots of YA, which seems to be well, the, the YA that I'm choosing is is fairly upbeat and uplifting and far removed from our present problems. I'm certainly not reading Stephen King's The Stand again <laughs> at the moment. Say, <laughs> well, then let me ask you, what are you reading at the moment? And critically, is it any good? <laughs> well, my my big writing crush at the moment is extremely good. Uh, because she's Dorothy or Sayers. I'm at every opportunity w when I have a, a free moment, um, I will drop whatever I, I'm supposed to be reading and will read an old Dorothy or Sayers Peter Whimsey novel. And the last one I read was um, Murder Must Advertise, you know, which is not one of her best novels, but is a, a wonderful piece of comfort fiction and witty and full of great characters and puzzles to solve and pure pure nostalgia for me and um, I'm finding them very relaxing and calming <laughs> to read at night. You know, from a golden age of crime perspective, it's, it's sort of perfect for now. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I'm, when I'm reading more seriously, I could just fit boy swallows universe. I've been asked to um, uh, record a, like a review for that for another podcast. Um, Trent Dalton's first novel. It's an extraordinarily dark novel, but, Oh, I can't talk about the ending without giving away the ending, but it's not completely dark. But it speaks to parts of my own background and yeah. uh, uh, poverty in Australia or poverty in Queensland in particular. It's, and it's an extraordinarily beautifully written novel. And for a for a debut novel, it's an extraordinary yeah. uh, extraordinary feat. So that was that was that's my nod to. Um, uh, contemporary releases. <laughs> I have um, Francis Harding's new book, Deep Light, out. It's I was wonderful. absolutely thrilled. Oh, I was so thrilled to see a new book. I mean, it's not that new anymore. I had no idea it was out. Yeah. I must have skipped that issue of Locus. And, <laughs> uh, and but I'm th and that's next. Uh, I have to read a manuscript for a, 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 a new writer that I'm mentoring. Once I've done that, straight into Deep Light because she's always well, brilliant, always brilliant and surprising and unique and wonderful. Um, I'm also my wife, my wonderful wife. It was my birthday just recently. I, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. now a very old man. Mm -hmm. yeah. She gave me a really wonderful, uh, oh, absolutely wonderful present. Um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. She hand wrote it. Mary Shelley, yes. my wife, wrote it in a journal, uh, in a in on paper form, uh, which features many corrections and doodles and little adding outs in the in the margins. Um, a, a press in France released 
scanned a scanned edition, a, a completely perfect reproduction of those hand that handwritten text. And my wife bought me a, a numbered edition of it. It is absolutely sublime. So I'm very much looking forward to revisiting Frankenstein again which I've read many times before and, you know, is one of the great science fiction novels, if depending on your definition of science fiction, uh, but to see what she cut out, you know, the yeah. interstitial material, the sections that weren't good enough that she or, <laughs> she and Percy decided shouldn't stay, you know, what a, that'll be, it's good, that's, I'm so looking forward to reading that, if I can decipher her handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they didn't give you an annotated version to go with then. <laughs> no, well, I have I have a couple of annotated versions as well, so I might have to read them side by side because then I can compare that draft with the eighteen eighteen draft and then the final eighteen thirteen one and the thirty one one, and I'll go completely mad. Yeah. <laughs> and the other book I'm dip dipping into a bit every now and again at the moment is um, uh, Songs for Dark Seasons, one of the best titles of any novel at the moment. <laughs> it's a, and it's a, a you know Lisa L. Hannon. I absolutely love her writing, and uh, I say this not because she's a friend and colleague at uh, the university I teach in, but um, her work is so beautiful and uh, I'm really loving her new, much delayed collection. It's um, sublime. So Ooh. so that's kind of where my head is at um, reading-wise and I'll probably keep dipping into Dorothy L. Sayers. I think Busman's Holiday is up next maybe. Um, <laughs> I haven't read that for a long time. I remember that being very profound and moving. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you then, you've been reading, you've been working, what do you have out in the world? I think probably the last time we maybe touched base was when Impossible Music came out into the world. What's mm. out in the world from Sean Williams at the moment? At the moment? <laughs> well, I have my uh, new novel, Her Perilous Mansion, out just out last month. It's a weird time to release a novel. In fact, Lisa and I were going to have a, a big book launch party for our, our two new books, but we've had to put that on hold for a while. Um, Her Perilous Mansion, a middle-grade fantasy novel, sort of 19th century um, closed room puzzle house, possibly involving ghosts. Uh, inspired by my my trip to Dublin in 2018, uh, my year in Dublin where I visited yeah. many stately homes. So that's <laughs> that's that's just out. And I had an, I, in fact I wrote it on that trip in yeah. Dublin. So it's um, when I was over there, people were saying, "What are you going to write your your Dublin fantasy novel full of leprechauns and <laughs> pots of gold?" And I said, "Oh, I was thinking I have no interest in writing a story like that." Um, <laughs> but I ended up writing a, no a Dublin novel. So this is my Dublin novel, and there are no leprechauns in it. I can assure oh. you of that. Not that there's anything wrong Everyone with loves a good leprechaun, Sean. Sure. <laughs> Who cares now? My mind doesn't go that way. I'm sure Lisa would write an amazingly dark and disturbing leprechaun story, but I don't have that in me. <laughs> is there an elevator pitch for this? Uh, Her Perilous Mansion is about two children who come to a far-off mansion seeking a better life. One's an orphan, one's the twelfth daughter of a family of girls. Uh, but what they find instead is a house full of strange inhabitants uh, that may or may not be ghosts from a house from which they can't escape. They are trapped there uh, and need to unlock the puzzle of the house in order to be freed and okay. resume the life they were hoping for. So it's, again, appropriate novel for the times, people who can't escape <laughs> homes. <laughs> so yes, totally a perilous mansion in, in good, average, and possibly even terrible bookstores near you, even as we speak. Um, right. And I assume there'll be something coming up in the in, in, in the next year or so as you, mean, as you, as you work away. Uh, I'm working on a book set in the same world as a perilous mansion, um, Honor Among Ghosts. Uh, that 
hasn't been I haven't submitted that to anybody yet but that's there in the background I want to write another novel in the same mode as impossible music sort of a contemporary YA but this mm-hmm. time about heart transplants and wellness <laughs> just to, to um, you know keep things interesting and I do actually have a collection of short stories out at the moment too I should give that a little plug it's you called should. Uh, the view from the end of the world it's a retrospective of uh, end of the world stories uh, which is available for free from Andromeda Spaceways um, they put that together as a as a, a way for people to um, survive the lockdown if they needed grim and gloomy fiction. Each story is rated <laughs> on a scale from one to eleven uh, in toilet rolls. So the the if you have a, an eleven toilet roll story, it, you perhaps don't want to read that if you don't want to feel depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that cheery note, I just want to say that Sean Williams, thank you so much for making time to speak to me today. It's been a genuine pleasure. My pleasure, Jonathan. Always nice to chat with you.